When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, it's Michael. I'm recording this from my closet at home where I've spent the past four days in isolation. You're probably all wondering, uh, what the hell's going to happen? None of us know. But we wanted to let you know here at the Bigfoot Collectors Club, we got you covered. We're going to keep bringing you new content in the weeks to come. Uh, today's episode was banked, so we recorded it before the world went on lockdown. Next week, we're going to have our annual uh the other side anniversary sampler episode so if it's uh if you're not a subscriber to bigfoot collectors club the other side it will be a new episode to you if you are we will have a new patreon release for you next week as well so something new for everybody and then after that we'll see we're definitely going to bring you new episodes format might change up just a little bit while we all weather this uh pandemic but uh we're going to keep making new episodes and we're going to keep you company during this weird, weird time of a new brand of high strangeness. But let's worry about that another day. Oh, and uh, just because I don't want to jinx anything else, Robert, if you're listening, is it okay if we do a story of high strangeness about you? It is? Okay, good. Thanks. Here's today's show. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. And absent today is super producer Riley Bray, who's off in the misty mountains of the Pacific Northwest. Looking yeah. for Sasquatch himself. Back Northwest Spindrift Tour. With a guitar strapped on his back. A dog. And a legion of fans at his heels. Um, joining us in the clubhouse today, uh, stepping in for Riley, is Mr. Ryan Countshouse. How are you? Oh, he doesn't have a mic. He's holding a baby. There's Mr. Babies in the studio. He's a new character for 2020. <laughs> uh, say hello, Mr. Baby. He's waving at everybody. 
Okay, guys. Um, today's guest is a writer, performer, and co-host of podcast The Ride, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, boys and girls, please give a warm Club Scout salute to Mr. Jason Sheridan. Yay. Hi. Hey. Uh, I'm not going to lie. When you said, I'm going to play the song, I thought you just wanted to show me your song. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then as you rolled into the intro, I was like, oh, this is happening. Okay, got it. I, I want to play everybody my track, you know, my yes. hot track for everyone who comes in just so they get an idea of how talented i am yeah uh, you know I'm, <laughs> no uh we like to play the theme song just to get our uh energy up a little bit yeah there's so. a vibe That's there's smart. a vibe that yeah. we're trying to create i appreciate you tolerating <laughs> me playing my music for you though that's that very explains kind of... the blank stare <laughs> you could... i was trying to focus right. i was trying to <laughs> He's like, be how do respectful I rain this in <laughs> Uh, you know, you can't say no. It's okay. <laughs> Just... Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Baby, um, uh, Jason, uh, welcome to the show. Um, obviously, uh, our listeners know this. I'm a huge fan of Podcast the Ride. It's uh, by far my favorite podcast out there. Um, uh, it, we're going to get into all this stuff in a minute, but um, you uh, tell us a little bit about the show, about the podcast. Oh, sure. Uh, well, the uh, log line is sort of always been uh, a podcast a comedy podcast about theme parks hosted by three childless men in their 30s <laughs> um and so we kind of delve into like uh you know one attraction or hotel or or parking lot parking lot uh <laughs> Per episode, uh, and then just examine the history and the making of, and like a cultural oddity. I mean, it quickly has branched out to our own cultural oddity interests, right? And right. Stuff um, because there, at some point, uh, uh, everything kind of became theme park in the world. <laughs> everything became theme park. Mike uh, always, or my co-host, sometimes says everything is wrestling. Like everything has the logic of wrestling if you examine <laughs> it and break it down. Uh-huh. Mike Carlson, of course, yes, who's been on the who's been podcast. on this show. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, so I think partially there's there's some crossover there because so much of American popular culture goes back to like carny shit and mm. like <laughs> traveling well, a lot of traveling com- carnivals yeah. a lot of a lot of bigfoot uh minnesota Iceman go back to carnivals as well like pt barnum had oh, a thing sure. called the what's it where people would come in and stare at a person in a costume and yes. that's kind of like that sort of predates the bigfoot phenomenon in the united states but that whole like side freak side show yeah. freak that's that's probably where our two podcasts branch off from one another although yeti bigfoot has a large presence in many of america's um amusement parks mm. uh yes yeah they're in in um the matterhorn and uh, in Expedition Everest in uh, Disney World in yes. Florida. And Calico... Uh, the Calico... What, 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 Cal- no, Calico Mine one. Train is solely about miners, California miners, <laughs> of a variety of uh, questionable race, <laughs> a variety of racial portrayal. I was right. just on that a product not too long of ago. its time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, as a lot of this stuff is, too, including everything P.T. Barnum did. Oh, yeah. Um, he was a nice man. I saw the musical about him. He was a great guy. <laughs> he, was a great guy. <laughs> he was a great guy. I just wanted to give those pr- those freaks a home. <laughs> the spirit of the American imagination. Yeah. Very accepting. <laughs> carnival, carnival, well, actually, carnivals kind of were 
accepting, but yes. carnival heads, like, oh, traditionally kind souls, right. thoughtful people. Like, yeah. if you think Walt Disney's problematic, just go back at least mm-hmm. 20 years earlier. It's just, it's we really have gotten better over time, if you think yeah. about it. It's getting, yeah, yeah. it's all naturally. We're all waking up a little bit, but. Yes, yeah. The Jersey Shore Bergwalks have replaced Shoot the Freak with. I don't know who, I mean, for a while it was Shoot Bin Laden. Oh, but I yeah. don't know. Now it's just probably so. It, now it's probably just like shoot the situation. It's very self-referential. I, guess so. I bet. Yeah. You know, or it's just like a shark. Now it's just now it's just down to like we can still be cruel to animals. That's fine. You know, we can shoot yeah. bad animals. Sure. Um, but I thought there was a Bigfoot in Knott's Berry Farm. Is there not a Bigfoot Knott's Berry Farm now? I gotta is go there, see. It. I mean, Knott's is one of the parks I probably know the every. I've only been to Knott's a handful of times, and every time it's like peeling back another layer of the onion. Oh, wow. And it is a very charming park. I love that it's park. smack dab in the middle of a neighborhood. Like there are houses real close by. Um, we've gone backstage. We we've met a lot of the like behind the scenes people, and it it does feel like everyone pitching in like a theater company putting on a show Mm. and what they do with i mean they have they're owned by cedar fair now so they have a bit of a budget but nothing compared to like disney or universal but what they pull off especially for scary farm is so impressive i've been to not scary farm i haven't done the actual park on its own like the the real yeah like during the day I hear Not Scary Farm is like the one to go to now, the Halloween thing. I hear the effects yeah. and everything there are the best. I think out of it's all the one to be. I mean, it's, it's, there's just so much passion driven. And I, I think Universal, you know, Universal has great people working on it. They get great people. And, um, but Not, I think, is just, there's so much enthusiasm and it's such like a fun. Uh, atmosphere. I feel like Knott's is one of those, if you want to be nostalgic for the way the park was, it's still probably pretty close to what it was when you were a kid, I would imagine. Yeah, and there are big, some of their big projects the last few years have been like redoing, plussing up like their classic rides. Aren't they get... bringing that bear ride back? Yeah, they're bringing, well, they're bringing back a, a it's a sequel. They had a ride for a number of years called um, Berry Tales, and it would <laughs> be. A R Y, and it was about a bunch of cute bears going to the fair, like going to a fair. Yeah, and so you can watch the ride through, which I did yes. because you covered it on the show, and it's fantastic. It's great. It was designed by uh, Rolly Crump, who did a lot of early Imagineering work for Disney, and um, was kind of like l- left disney or was let go at some point and and ended up doing a lot of very oddball work like he was the psychedelic guy oh wow um and did a lot of work for uh six flags and knots and um he created this guy we found out about called marvel mcfay who's like a whimsical (laughs) man oh very 70s kind of like um uh, uh, Sid and Marty Croft or like Dreamfinder from Epcot, like Big Beard, and he lives in an imagination land. And he's got a cloud car, he's, yeah, that sort of thing. And so he did that for uh, Knots. Um, yeah, just this oddball ride about bears going to the fair, and it was there for many years and eventually closed down, but much beloved. And so for their like hundredth anniversary, they're redoing like one of their three D rides to be like Knott's Berry Tales Return to the Fair. Whoa. So it's a right. legitimate sequel. But then on top of that, 
maybe like 10, 50 miles from Knott's, someone is someone got a hold of like 80% of the original ride and is reconstructing the original ride. Oh, this is like the uh, Rock of Fire Explosion guy, yeah, uh, guys not, who rebuild those. Yeah, not dissimilar. So at some point, you will be able to ride a recreation of the original ride and then ride the <laughs> sequel to the ride. All in one day. Uh yeah, all in all in one day. That's like the equivalent of the Marvel movie marathons that they have at El Ca- El Capitan. Yes, you could just do it all, do the whole saga. Yeah, <laughs> in one get-go. You know what I love about Knots is it's it's got a little something for everybody. I can take the kids, and then there's thrill rides, and then there's great atmosphere. It's not overtly expensive either. You know, it's like you can actually. I mean, you you plan a trip to Disneyland, it could break the freaking bank. But it can really add up. But yeah, yeah Knott's is great, and especially like the Camp Snoopy stuff, yeah. like the peanut stuff. It's cute. It's it's really cute. It's really well done. And also, I am just impressed at like their their merchandise uh, for all. They have so much peanuts. Like oh, deep yeah. cut. They have all these Snoopy family members, like all his, bro- his brother. Yeah. And, Spike. And Spike, yes. And the cousins. And, and, I'm big and into Olaf the, is the fat Olaf brother. Olaf is the big one, I'm yes. big into the Frontier stuff, too. So they have like a yeah. knife store and like a gun cap store and like all those like cool gifts. And, uh, yeah. you know, they, they, it makes it fun. Doesn't, P- doesn't uh, Snoopy have a brother named like Marble? That has like polka dots. Isn't there a polka dot scoop? Uh, Scoopy. I believe <laughs> I like it. Scoopy. I like Scoopy as a knockoff. You know, there were Scoopy 50 years doo. of it. There could be a Scoopy, you yeah. know? He's like the scrappy of it. Um, I By the way, I Googled Marvel McKay and I just got Anthony Mackie. So <laughs> Marvel McFay. Oh, McFay. That's why. Um, have you heard of Bigfoot Adventure Park, uh, Bigfoot Fun Park in Branson, Missouri? Uh, no. Am I, I have the most passing knowledge of branson Missouri. Oh, okay. like i feel like i could <laughs> i i don't i'm not ready to go down that rabbit hole i mean i, I know about the yakov smirnov dinner theater where it's a theater but you kind of have like a lecture hall kind of table that you can fold up and the trays are are, are magnetic i think this was on the Whoa, best show so you the know trays enough. are magnetic <laughs> so they don't fall off I, <laughs> like this is a thing that he did an info he did a commercial like bragging about like and this you get like dinner try- and you can watch the show but you get a nice seat like i'll be darned i'm looking at this uh, i'm at the bigfoot fun park dot uh, com and it's basically just looks like a miniature golf course with a couple bigfoot themed okay, rides yeah. and some bigfoot statues and a bigfoot Easter uh, Island head, which that seems pretty fun. I grew up in Kansas City, so we would go down to Silver Dollar City in Branson. This is kind of before Branson really, really blew up. Right. And, and Silver Dollar City, I, I think we, we talked a little bit about Silver Dollar City on the, because um, that helps put um, Dog Patch USA out of business, the Lil Abner yes. themed. Uh, park in Arkansas, which I would hear about, but never got to go to. And the big, the big rumor was um, in Kansas City for years that they were going to build a giant uh, uh, Wizard of Oz theme park there. Sure, that never, yeah. never, never, never happened. Uh, this is Marvel McFay. Oh, he's oh, delighted. Man. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a DMT trip gone <laughs> yeah. wrong for sure. He's one of McKenna's machine elves. He looks like a strawberry Santa Claus. Um, all right. Well, we want to get into Jason's personal paranormal history, but before we do, Bryce, Jason, I brought in some BCC news. Uh, all right. So this is from my uh, source of all BCC news these days, People Magazine. 
This is people.com. Oh, wow. Our first. Yeah. Uh, second, actually. Unoccupied pickup truck destroys sacred 1,000-year-old Easter Island statue. <laughs> The damage is incalculable, said the president of Easter Island's indigenous community. A rogue pickup truck has destroyed a thousand-year-old statue on Easter Island. The accident took place in the Pu'apau sector of the island earlier. Jesus Christ, these pop-ups. Um, of uh, This month, the cultural uh, cultural heritage organization Mao Henu, uh, Henua said on Facebook, The truck had been parked, the New York Times reported Friday, but an apparent brake failure caused the vehicle to roll down a hill, crashing into an, into an ahu, a stone pedestal that... That supports Moai, the iconic giant head-shaped figures that have been ma- have made the island famous. Joanne Van Tilburg of the Easter Island Statue Project told the outlet that the outcome of the accident could not be worse. <laughs> the Ahu are a fundamental part of the island's culture. This is a mortuary. That is what the Ahu are, Tilburg said. This man basically ran right smack into a grave. It could not be worse. The man, a Chilean resident, has reportedly been arrested, CNN reported. Uh, the damage is incalculable, uh, Rapu Nui, Easter Island's indigenous uh, community president, said, adding that the Moai are sacred structures of religious value for the Rapa Nui people. The crash has raised concerns about how to protect the island's statues. This is crazy. So, just like we only have nine hundred and ninety-eight left. Well, I mean, this is like this is like if Stonehenge was knocked over. Yes, which I think some of them have (laughs) on on European vacation. Yes, yeah, yeah, Chevy Chase. This is is literally like a sequel to one of the vacation movies. It's just crazy. You can see a picture of this just dumb pickup truck that just ran. Why was this truck allowed to be? His brakes failed. It sounds like not not human error. It just sounds like you know something that happens. I know, but I thought I found it uh, sad and intriguing. Yeah, have I love ever- how it could not be worse, but there were no deaths or injuries. They're like, this could not have gone any worse well, than it did. It knocked over like this megalithic structure. Yeah, you can put it back up. I don't know if you can. I feel like Easter, like they still don't understand a lot about those heads. No, they right? don't. Like no. they <clears throat> like Stonehenge enough. Enough his so much history has been forgotten about, let That's alone right. recorded. Yeah, you know, it's a strange island. I love I love uh, when they do specials on that because there's just so many of those. Uh, there's like I, I think there's literally like a thousand of those. I mean, they yeah. they, they they cover the entire perimeter of the island, and, the and there are some with the with bodies. Yeah, right, they actually go they, down. They I do think go, yeah. for as high as they go up, they go just as far down. So they have bodies, and I mean, they're they're just they're monolithic to say the least. I mean, it, just to think how they created and carved and moved so many of those is anybody's guess. I mean, a lot of the you know scientists think you know they they used the 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 timber that was on the island, and and actually that that became the demise of the Rapa Nui, the people that lived there, because they used all their timber to like roll these monolithic stones into place and they cut down all their timber oh. leaving the island basically completely void of any uh um, oh, no. of natural supply but that's just one theory i just think one of those trees could have stopped that truck from <laughs> crashing into the if sp- only they would have placed only. it in the right I spot i didn't know you could get trucks on i didn't know there were trucks on easter Island. well i guess there of course there has to be but they gotta get around somehow yeah. they ran out of uh wooden planks to roll yeah, around that'd, on. Be a, that'd be a destination to go to if you see it on like one of those globes it's just like a tiny pinhead in the middle of the pacific it's a little frightening 
Have you ever been to a megalithic structure like Stonehenge, Jason? Uh, no, I have not really traveled much internationally. Okay. I, I think the farthest I've got, we took a, my family took a cruise to Bermuda when I was like oh, that's in pretty middle good. school. Were you scared of the Bermuda Triangle? I was a little paranoid about the Bermuda Triangle. Um, Titanic was also either out or coming out, so I was like a little nervous. <laughs> You've seen the trailer. Right, right. You knew and the boat I just knew I d- it didn't. Some, I think my mom had to be like, okay, the Titanic hit an iceberg. Yeah. Bermuda is very warm. There are no icebergs. Right. Although, I think I had forgotten about the fact that Bermuda is not... It, it's just in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. It's just you just go east from America, and uh-huh. eventually you hit Bermuda. It's not in the Bahamas. It's not south of Florida. It's just a boat leaves New York and oh. goes down and kind of makes a left. Or a it banana. just goes diagonally. Mm. Yeah. I've never been there. I've never been anywhere tropical or cool. I've, I've never... I've been to Hawaii, I guess that's okay. it. I've never been yeah. to like a cool island like that. Um, so let's get into it. What, uh, Jason Sheridan, what is your personal paranormal history if any uh my paranormal history i mean i think the places that i've been to that feel the most haunted are movie studio lots like especially universal studios and mgm uh the old mgm lot which is now the sony lot in culver city yes have they feel the most haunted i mean there's a the sound stages on the universal backlot that were used for phantom of the opera um which uh, that set stood for ages and ages and there were always stories about people getting injured or like people hearing stuff or did that one burn down in the universal fire no that's the uh that's the entire other side of the lot so that's why the new york streets the phantom of the opera uh streets were closer to the lower lot of the theme park and I think maybe it's so hard to track those sound stages. Like anytime we do a Universal Hollywood attraction, it's like like digging on the internet to try and find old <laughs> studio maps or old like okay, so this used to be in here, and this this soundstage. Well, this website says it was used for like my mother the car, but then this says <laughs> it was used for a sound effects show. Right. Um, so it, it's very interesting delving into that. But um, I had heard that the Phantom of the Opera stage was still haunted by Lon Chaney. Like I mean, that's, that was like I'd heard that rumor, which of course, like if you're going to have any Universal monster haunt uh, structure, it's got to be the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, a list haunting. Yeah, a list. Ha- I mean, as long as it's not, I think Lon Chaney Jr. was the pain in the ass one. Oh right, uh, but so that would <laughs> surprise like me actually, more. Yeah. Is that the the fail son? Right, was, okay. right. he's um, just alive and still hanging out around the block. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's just trying to. I also like the a list haunting sounds like uh, a Beverly Hills like haunted house uh, <laughs> right. like oh, real sure. estate <clears throat> website. Um, I mean, I, and then one of my first jobs. Like, right when I first moved to L.A., I moved to L.A. I had done, like, a semester out here in school, interning and stuff, but I moved back out here and, like, was temping for a few months, and then the writer's strike immediately happened. And so... Um, but then I did get like a a three week long job working in the like audience management department for the American Gladiators remake. Oh, which Saint, 
took over a, a massive soundstage, series of sound stages on the Sony lot. And they were more than happy for the, you know, rental because, like, everything was shut down yeah. except a handful of things where it's like, well, the script's locked so we can shoot it. We just can't make any changes. And, and the American Gladiators are, like, uh, you know, infamous uh, uh, improvisers. So they, they're they fine. They don't need any scripted lines. <laughs> you know, they were all very nice. <laughs> uh, but I the, the thing was, like, then they just let it was so mismanaged then they just like let them use another soundstage to hold the audience for a while and the security guards would tell me about this and it's like oh this was used in the wizard of oz Whoa. and i'm like i would tell people that i would start doing like inadvertently start doing tour guide shtick to just keep people entertained while they had to like sit there for a while like hey this was used in this and this and then um once a guy i had to take a guy he's like uh i have a medical marijuana card i need to take my medicine and i had to like take <laughs> this guy out to the like they're like oh, he's got the just he's gonna be a pain in the ass just take him off the beaten path somewhere and he's like lights up a joint and he's like so where's the secret room where they they gave uh judy garland uppers and i'm like <laughs> come on man it's it's midnight i'm tired the shoot is going so like come on and then i did go oh and immediately was like what did he mean oh no like that's how they got people to perform in movies back in the day yeah, they gave yeah. him benzos he went oh, home did a no. little like googling and was horrified i was yeah horrified <laughs> you should have just taken him yeah. into the men's room and be like this was the spot you can just it used to be a dressing room just smoke it in here you know, I, yeah, I, I it sounds like he wanted to like smoke the joint in the place I, where well, and she did uppers, which sounds even more as, twisted. As soon as he started smoking, a security guy came by in a golf cart. Was like, "Are you guys okay?" And this guy had a sh- whole spiel like, uh, <laughs> "I have a glaucoma and I have a medical marijuana." Co- and like, <laughs> and then this was 2008. This was like 12 years ago, so it, it was still everywhere, but much less like, yeah. Yeah, you like, can still get into trouble, yeah. Yeah, paranoid. I feel like everyone was a little more paranoid. Like, yesterday in Burbank, I walked by <laughs> someone in the middle of the day. It just smelled like, oh, that's the most smell of weed I've ever smelled. Oh, it's on every like, corner Yeah, it's now. on every Everybody's corner now. Up. Everyone's cool. Um, was but, that the Wizard of Oz soundstage where supposedly the guy hung himself that you can see the guy committing suicide in a frame of film in the background what? in the deep woods? Yeah, did you ever hear this? No. So there's supposedly a frame when, uh, I think it's after they've picked up the Tin Man, after the, I don't think they have the Cowardly Lion yet, I can't remember, where they're skipping it's, down. And yeah, the it's a gnarly looking tree. It's like this, the, the woods where the trees come to life yeah. and they look scary. And yeah. supposedly you can see a crew member from the shoot jumping off a rafter and hanging himself in the background shut up yeah it was like, like one of those scary just things just kind of hanging there yeah. but i don't i feel like that's that been on the film Snopes. like on the you can see what like in the deep background yeah you can see kind of the and shit. some people say it's that. an animatronic crane that's back there like a yeah. like a bird like a heron uh it's kind of like the ghost boy from three men and a baby which right. turned out to be a right. dancing cut out but like that was one of those spooky stories from Wizard of Oz was that you can see a guy kill himself mm. in the movie. Yeah. When really the real horrors were happening right before our eyes, which was what was what they were doing to yeah. poor Judy Garland to keep- Um Yeah, I'm trying to think what other haunt I mean Los Feliz in general has a real haunt like all those I there there was a Halloween tour this past Halloween of a murder house. 
and that was owned by um the uh labiancas but it mm-hmm. wasn't the, 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 who were killed by the manson family but it wasn't the it was just happened to be a different house <laughs> they also owned and there had been some sort of murder Whoa. And, or it, it, but it was it was um sold as like tour walt disney's haunted house because he owned so many properties yeah. wow. in la not at once but they kept moving as like they the fortunes grew yeah so they're like tour the haunted walt disney house and by the way it was also owned by the la biancas i was like hold on are they doing tours of the la bianca murder ha- like hold on and, and and it was like no the la biancas also just owned this house before they moved into the one they were murdered in and it's what? i love the like shared universe they're creating on this murder tour I, the yeah. murder verse i well that's l i mean la has a million ghost ghost tours and haunted thing i mean this is a very haunted yeah city yeah i never knew the la Bianca's had another house that was supposedly haunted i don't know if the la Bianca house is haunted it's still there yeah it's still there the um the tate uh the sharon tate house that that was that doesn't exist That's anymore. Destroyed. That was destroyed. The address was stripped, I believe, too. The address doesn't even exist anymore. Um, they salted the earth. Salted the earth. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, so that's my, like, California vibes. But I grew up at, in, in Pennsylvania, southeast Pennsylvania, oh, okay. outside of Philadelphia, and spent a lot of time in New Jersey, too. I thought, uh, I just assumed from the show maybe you'd grown up in Florida, because, oh no, we we just went. Uh, we would go pretty regularly down down to Florida, down to Orlando, uh, down to Orlando. Um, and so my big memories of like haunted stuff, and I mean Pennsylvania is just littered with battlefields, like just littered with Revolutionary War battlefields. So like we with the Boy Scouts would go to Gettysburg. There's wow. like a ten, nine twelve mile. It's like a 10-mile hike you can do in Gettysburg and get a patch for, and you just trudge through battlefields, and they have a massive visitor center and stuff, and a million books about haunted Gettysburg yeah, and right. all. Um, near where I grew up was right by the Delaware uh, border, and so like as I got older and we all got our driver's license, we'd drive around at night, people would hear stuff of like, oh, don't go down that road. That's that's where the the like inbred duponts are like that's where like they're you know <laughs> the there's people branch. in the woods like they were essentially describing the hills have eyes but it was like the dupont cut like you know like that there was a million duponts like you hear there's like oh there's a million kennedys they keep on the compound whoa like, um i've never heard of the like dark branch of the dupont family tree before well the whole company's dark i mean well, they made their money selling gunpowder and, so, napalm. and napalm uh uh so so that that was what I remember from that, and then once uh, on a Boy Scout like camping trip, we camped in a park. I think it was a state park in New Jersey, and like came across uh, a forest ranger. He's like, "Oh, do you want to come to the visitor center, watch a video?" And he's like, "All right, this is about the Jersey Devil," and he put it on. <laughs> and I, I think we we're just—I was just happy to watch some TV while camping because right. back then you just kind of had to give up technology to go camping for a weekend. <laughs> But then sleeping in a tent in the woods at night, like every sound, every tree falling or deer or something, I'm just like, well, that's the Jersey Devil coming for me. <laughs> Were like, you in the Pine Barrens? <laughs> but pretty much in the Pine Barrens, yeah. I think. Yeah. 
We've never done the Jersey Devil on the show. Haven't we, we? No, we've never. I mean, we've mentioned it, but we haven't uh, done a high strangeness about it. We need to, that's that's a big. That's a he- fairly heady, heavy yeah, hitter. A heavy hitter. It's a big cryptid. Yeah. I'd say a big American cryptid. Yeah, he's got a sports uh, team. Got named a sports after team him. named after him. <laughs> because you it know, gets. a puritanical origin story. Yes. You know, which I believe began as a uh, as a political like satirical thing that was called the Leeds Devil, and there was like somebody running for office with the last name Leeds. So they were trying to tarnish their name by saying that his wife or his cousin gave birth to a monstrosity. Oh, sure. Goody, of, goody leads. Yeah, one of those yeah. One of those weird, you know, uh, this is the way, you know, before Twitter, this is how people would attack their political mm-hmm. opponents is by creating cryptids. So the, was their offspring. Um, have you ever been to, uh, when you were in Orlando, did, in Florida growing up, did you guys ever go to the Coral Castle? Are you familiar with the Coral Castle? I am not familiar with that. Mm, I, there's a lot of, there are so many, like, off the beaten path tourists, which we only, we drove by a bunch when we, like, went to visit the Margaritaville Resort the Ponzi scheme-based resort (laughs) hotel in timeshares. Congratulations on naming a street, by the way. Yes, we we named a street. The Dreamsicle Drive? Dreamsicle Drive, yeah. Uh, So we went to go see our street and walked into, like, um, an I Am Legend kind of abandoned timeshare community. Uh, Yeah, so, so that we... And it's like far out. Like you have to go to like the westernmost point of the Disney property and then keep going. So right. <laughs> it's a great place to stay if you want to get to Animal Kingdom real quick, which I do recommend. That's a great park. But uh yeah, it's it's kind of like a little off the beaten path. It's the Bermuda or of of parks. Sure. In, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in Orlando. Uh Coral Castle. Do you want to tell tell Jason about the Coral Castle since you covered it on a yeah. show? This is pretty fun. So Coral Castle is uh an American uh megalithic structure, a series of megalithic structures built by one Latvian man, a, a, a Edward Leeds Scalman. Edward Leeds Scalman. Um and uh, if you'll show him some pictures, but I these will. are large coral uh rock some weighing in excess of two tons and everybody was kind of wondering how did this man this single man and he would work at night create this uh small little park and uh and he created it to uh as an homage to his to his love back in uh um where he was from yeah but what's interesting is um you know the mystery surrounding how he was able to move these these large granite stones and 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 some even like the swinging door is is so expertly balanced that you can just you know push it with the palm of your hand. But wow, uh, yeah. So it was like a park that predated obviously Disney World, but it's just yeah. a big stone monument park, and he claimed to have a perpetual motion machine. Yeah, that's right. So he he created what he called his Sweet Sixteen, which was a <laughs> perpetual motion machine. So he, he he thought that he had discovered, in his own words, uh, the secrets to how the Egyptians built the pyramids, and he held that knowledge himself. And uh, it was hard to argue with because, you know, you would show up there the next day and the progress on the work that this guy had done was almost uh, inhumanly impossible. It was insane to think how this small, tiny man uh, could be moving these uh, He worked giant, on it all by stones. himself at night. 
so no one could watch how he was building these structures. And some people would be like, he's moving it with his mind. Yeah, but his... So it was just Will. Well, <laughs> it was just know, a driven man. He was very <laughs> driven. Yes, wow. he was very driven. But, you know, a, a lot of people have, think that might have his... been in love with the battery that he made. We're was, not sure. Yeah, his Sweet 16 was a 16-volt uh Perpetual motion battery. It's high. I forget how to explain it. I still it, but don't understand. I mean, this, this story. sounds like the American dream. <laughs> it like, really you is. know, a giant, lofty, unreachable goal. <laughs> yeah. And that is very quickly discovered to be like, oh, this is a con. This yeah. is like a Theranos, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, it's the American dream. It really is. With an eccentric, it's an incredible place. I've never been there, but in love with a in love with a type of robot. It sounds like. But that was the thing that they, they, a lot of people thought that uh, that he had created this uh, free energy device, which gave him uh, access to energy for levers and pulleys to be able to move these giant stones and put them into place. Wow! And that's why he would work at night. You know. Right, right. Because uh, he could actually light his workspace all throughout the property with free electricity. I see. And this was done, I think, in the 20s, 1920s or something like that. So um, just about 100 years ago. And it, it's an incredible thing. One of those first weird tourist attractions down there. Well, that's like the last gasp of like American mysticism, right? Yes, like absolutely. That has been an in, uh, like a thing I've been obsessed with like learning a little about lately is is like yeah for a while the most popular religion in america was mysticism was like (laughs) trying to communicate with the dead and there were detractors and uh, of course houdini was you know made it a goal like in between illusions to debunk like mysticism of like no this is how they know you have someone yeah, in your two, life with he a. had a big rivalry with Arthur Conan Doyle he was uh they were both big uh mystics and spiritualism is the movement you're 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 referring to and uh and you know they both thought that they could be in touch with in contact with the dead until until I think it was one uh, incident in particular where Houdini was trying to get a hold of his mother and, and, and something went, you know, wrong as according to his own evidence. He's like, this is bullshit. Yeah, he saw the man behind the curtain. He saw the man behind the curtain and he made it his his life's mission to debunk mystics, mediums, psychics. And uh, that doesn't mean, it, it, you know, there weren't the, the true medium or, you know, psychic, but... Sure. It still made his wife have the seance every yes. every year. Uh, for 10 years. Yeah, and his big thing was he was going to, when he passed away, he would have a password that he would deliver beyond the dead to his wife, and uh, and his wife said she never got it, so. Have you come across the Fox sisters yet? Yes, I cannot remember the specifics. These are the they Fox were in New sisters. York. They were spiritualists. They were the ones who would they hold seances and convince people that they were getting wrappings from you know knocks on the walls and yeah. stuff from ghosts. And then they would like throw up ectoplasm, which was like <laughs> supposed to be this. That's where like yeah, it yeah. comes from in Ghostbusters. But it was just like they would take like muslin or like pieces of fabric and regurgitate it oh, and God. say that it was like the spirit form coming out of their body in the form of ectoplasm plasmic uh, materials uh, but they turned out to be like it was all, all a con as well yeah. but it's pretty fascinating that whole era is really really fascinating because obviously and that era had like a, I feel like had a big influence on you know Disney Huge. Disney and Disneyland like the whole Haunted Mansion is just born out of that entire um, oh, era yeah. of spiritualism you know? it was a movement I mean you know people were enraptured by it I mean they couldn't get enough of it yeah I seances mean, were big it, it just it was just man's mind trying to wrap their head around industrialization yeah. and like 
just war with no on, just war no end. on a massive scale with no end. And so, like, everyone's like, but what if we, what if this dead could help us out? Yeah, here? what if like, just, there's just not, dead's not a big deal. Yeah. And we can talk to all of our brothers and sons who got destroyed in World War One. Sure. It's very sad. That's mm. what, you know, as we've done research, because we're, we do, we've been doing the Haunted Mansion every year on Halloween and doing it <laughs> a little at a time. And the level of detail in that attraction, the level of work that it went into that attraction and learning about like hauntings and ghost story and stuff of just like the, the, the flattening aspect of history of mm. like, oh, okay, so... In the early 20th century, mid-20th century, you know, this type of architecture uh, that was very popular in the 1800s would look old and decrepit to them in the early 20th century and mid-20th century. To us, all this shit looks old. So it's just like, wait, it's all... No, this is just old. This is just all (laughs) old. It's not like extra old. We just... We don't have the context. Yeah. To understand that but like yeah there there is a lot of the the mysticism stuff it's like and, why grandmas in movies and cartoons from the 50s always are dressed like victorian women like the granny in the tweety bird cartoons oh yeah because she looks like the dowager yeah from yeah yeah down that like, because yeah. that's what their grandmothers would have dressed like back then you know yeah. to us it's just in the 80s like oh that's what an old lady looks like yeah but it was specifically recalling a generation that had passed and was now out of time i love i love all that stuff it's um have you heard any of the uh are you familiar with any of the haunted disney stuff like the haunted disneyland or haunted yes. disney world some of it is very uh exhausting <laughs> some of it is very like i i if people don't i mean i don't expect any anyone to know like the level of of crap we know about this sort of stuff but every i i it is tiring to hear like, well, Walt's frozen. You know, Walt's under the castle frozen. It's like, all right, man. Yeah, okay. It's we like, had a listener well, yell no at one... us because we joked about that, and they were like, "He's actually buried in Forest Lawn." We like, yeah, we know. Every, we pretty know. much every famous person is buried in Forest Lawn, yeah, or Hollywood um, Forever. We know. I I do. I, there are I have heard stories of people seeing. Th- I mean, and people have died on Disney. Everyone's like, oh, they don't die on Disney. It's like, no, there's public record. Like, this is not hard to dig up. Yeah, and people wit. There are witness. There are eyewitnesses that someone died. Like, you know. Um, do you know about Dolly's dip? Uh, Does that ring a bell? Is uh, is that on? Yeah, that's on the uh, Matterhorn, yep. right? Like someone was a place they weren't supposed to be. She or... was this woman named Dolly was unbuckling herself out of the car to help a kid or somebody behind her. Yeah, and then got decapitated or hit her head on an overhead track. Yes, when it was supposed to dip, you know, it dips down under a track, and she hit her head and it killed her, and so. I... Cast yeah. members now say that her ghost haunts the Matterhorn. Yes. Um the uh uh the most morbid is the person who the the in Disneyland and Tomorrowland there was a Circle Vision theater, the theaters that rotate. And someone got stuck between the wall, like on the carousel. But it was America. It was America Sings, Sings yeah. by that point. Um, uh, one of the one of the bicentennial fever attractions. So, but there was no automatic. Now there's automatic stops if it senses anything. If it senses right. like you know 
a a shoe or a balloon or something. It would automatic stop. But at the time, that wasn't built in, so they got stuck in between. Oh. Yeah, I think a and woman. Yeah, yeah, was crushed. Her arm got severed off, and she died or something yeah. crazy like that. I believe a cast member. Yeah, yeah, she was a performer. That is wild. Yeah, it was during a show, wasn't it? Yeah, or it was, was during it a the day. Yeah, it was. Oh. It was during the. During the day, but I mean, there's lots of uh, the the wild cats are true. There are like semi wild, semi domesticated cats all over the Disneyland property. And they come out at night. They come out at night. They're spayed and neutered and fed and vaccinated by the Disney company, but they pretty much just let it's like a natural pest control. Oh yeah. Um. So you will see. I especially if you go to the Disneyland hotel towards the evening. You will see cats, yeah. and they some of them will come up. Some of them are very friendly and will play with you, and uh, yeah. But it, it's sort of like that's an oddity specific to Disneyland. Is there haunted Disney World stories? I mean, I think at this point there 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 have there, there has, has to be. To be. Um, I mean, there there have definitely been deaths. I mean, that many hotels, uh, people pass away just naturally, or people. Commit suicide. Commit suicide. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, someone just, they were fine. They were okay. But someone jumped off one of the transit boats from the Ticket and Transportation Center to the Magic Kingdom, like, a couple months ago. Someone, like, jumped off one of Whoa. those. And they're not very big, so you, the water's very deep. Right. So, like, they got, but they, they clearly the person was unwell. And so, like, you know, uh, uh, when that sort of thing happens, the response is very quick yeah so shut that down yeah shut that down the light on the thing that we 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 did the we did a patreon episode on the other side uh, a couple years ago but the the light in the firehouse apartment walt's firehouse apartment the reason why the lamp is on is because that was always an indication when walt was in the park yeah and there the story is that after he passed away there was a housekeeper who was tidying up and she turned off the light and she heard walt say i'm still in here Oh. And so they leave the light on now because they say he's they leave it on full time because they say he's up there he's still always, hanging out. He's always yeah. I'm still in here. <laughs> Just the annoy annoyed with the I think hell. it probably depends on like the mood of the tour guide you get on that because like it's Walt's always in this park. But then if you get the morbid one, it's like, well, there's a story of all of it. You know? That's what I that's what my research turned up. Disney Lot Disney Lot's pretty old. That goes back to the forties. Mm-hmm. And so like you can you can tell which are the nineties ass building and which are the forties ass buildings. Right. But like walking around that once or twice at night and it's just like I know there's just these giant empty space sound stages just giant empty spaces are kind of creepy in general yeah it's kind of like theaters when you go into some of those empty sound stages they feel full even when they're empty they feel like there's activity in there it feels like there's an energy in there and and does not necessarily has the have the superstitious like ghost light that traditional theaters may have Mm -hmm. you know yeah creepy stuff so when you were growing up did you were you into UFOs? Were you into Bigfoot? Did any of this whole pique your curiosity at all? Did you read any of the books about this stuff? Or have you always been... Uh, I definitely believed in ghosts and and was always I've always been very, very superstitious. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, now some of it I'm, I'm a little more skeptical of. But then there's also, I recognize, forces beyond my control that I do not want to mess with. <laughs> my my girlfriend uh, uh, is, is very into a lot of this and gave me uh, the rider 
we tarot had been do- yeah been doing tarot reading. She gave me the Rider Waite. Like she got a different one. She's like, oh, take the you like the Rider Waite one. Take that and and that stuff. I'm interested in like tarot that similar the history of playing cards and the history of tarot cards and all the stuff that Ricky Jay was very like into like documenting the history of of again this goes to mysticism and con men and, mm-hmm. and card sharks and that sort of thing. Have you had a reading or anything that you're like, oh boy, this is really um striking a chord or she something had happened. done a couple like just three card readings for me that were like very shockingly accurate like shockingly like past present future and it's like huh yeah that's spooky i ha- and i've gotten what's the really is it the ten of clubs that's the bad one or the tower i, I have gotten death which of course is not the worst card to no get. tower's tough tower means you're gonna go through a rough time yeah but- Unless it's inverted, right? Because if it's upside down, that means it's go- you're coming Your out. Building I think. up, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to get a little better at tarot. I draw. I draw. I was doing. We were doing more of it where we'd pull a card after every episode record, and we haven't done it this year. We got to get back in the habit of that because I don't know. Sometimes it's just a cool meditation to make you stop and check in with yourself and be like, Oh yeah, that is, yeah, I need to be more mindful of this thing or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I read my horoscopes pretty regularly. Uh, I do stuff. I, I mean, I do think stuff does tend to break when Mercury is in retrograde. Yep. Uh, I do not like to buy new technology when Mercury is in retrograde, but also I lose track of it. We'll just go like, Hey, Pisces season, baby. Like I will tease it a little. Um, I think Mercury in retrograde ends today. I think that's it. I think we're out of it. No. I do feel great today. I feel like ah, I'm shaking off some sort of ooginess. We had lots of technical problems this past month on the podcast. Have you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. Big time. Um, That's cool because I figure, you know, it's always exciting when we talk to somebody who's, uh, you know, a comedian or a comedic performer and is into this stuff because we tend to find that there's a lot more skepticism uh, in the world of comedy, I guess you would say. I mean, people, I think you kind of naturally have to be skeptical when i was younger i feel like i was skeptical of everything and annoyingly contrarian uh i do (laughs) i have my politics have gone back around to where i was in high school it's like everyone's a bum and it's like yes everyone is a bum Uh, actually even worse a cabal of rich pedophiles kind of runs everything around you behind the scenes um they'll be speaking at the democratic convention it seems like they've gotten their ways um uh, there's still some delegate math where we, this could still work out okay, but you, you never know. Uh, but once all the Epstein stuff came out and the like, oh, Pizzagate was real, it was just coming out sideways. Yeah. We were just looking at it from the wrong uh, yeah. angle. All it takes is an island, just a little all past... All it takes uh, is an island <laughs> or <laughs> the neighborhood of Encino. Uh, they oh, haven't even gotten a lot of that stuff out yet. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I do think eventually... Uh, I think what happens is people get to the end of their 20s and you're like, well, I have to be sincere about something eventually. I have to do more than just do improv. I have to read (laughs) some books or I have to get some part of my life together or just like or therapy or yeah and at least discover the history behind some of this stuff which yes. is always fascinating whether you believe it or not yeah you know. i'll delve into the history of and like i keep ha- i have just got uh, so many gigs just oddball podcasts on my phone of just because 
I I w- did a little a couple years of journalism uh, classes in college. That was my first major, and they were very much of like, oh yeah, just follow whatever interests you have. Just follow follow the threads. And and just keep going, and then like it's helpful to know a little bit about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now it's very easy to fall in the jack of all trades, master of none territory for that. But it did make me like get encouraged to follow my natural curiosity. That's what Joseph Campbell would say. Uh, he was like, if you find an author that you like, it's better to read all of their work and then find out who influenced them and read all of their work. Yes. And follow that thread back. He said you'll get a better education and a better understanding of the world and what you like than if you're just cherry picking books from all over the place. Yeah, that for sure. Like especially with com, like once you burn through the comedians you like, you and you have to go like, well, who did they like and who did they like, and then like you start to really. Now it's more and more work the further back you go because then you have to learn learn historical context because right. older comedy doesn't make a lick of sense if you don't know. Like I remember a high school teacher trying to teach us Pride and Prejudice, but burying the lead that it's kind of a riff on those books, the books of the time. Mm-hmm. That like this is kind of poking fun at this stuff, and it's like, well, you should have. You should have given some of us the straight lay stuff and then given us the poke and fun at this stuff because right. it didn't really make a ton of sense. Again, the flattening of history, it's just old. Yep. It's just old it's and just it's old hard shit. to know the parodies. <laughs> Shakespeare is very similar. So much, yeah. so many inside jokes and references to like politics at the time that like if you don't have the context for that, you're like, I don't understand why this yes. is funny. Yeah, for sure. And may not really you know hold up today um all right jason we have a game that we like to play with all of our guests it's a rapid fire game uh there's no way to win or lose uh i'm gonna go down a list of phenomenon mm-hmm. and uh you're going to uh if you believe it you say believe it if you don't believe it you say bullshit there's okay. no in between Got all it. right this is called bullshit or believe it and away we ghosts Believe it. UFOs. Believe it. Bigfoot. It, believe it. Little gray aliens. Yeah, believe it. Out of body experiences. Uh, believe it. Yeah. Demo- demonic possession. Mm, believe it because I'm afraid of what will come for me if I say don't believe it. <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, believe it. Alien abductions. Believe it. Loch Ness Monster. Uh, believe I'll say believe it. Time travel. Bullshit. Mothman. I'll say believe it because I don't know enough of the specifics. Reincarnation. I like your attitude. Reincarnation. Uh, Believe it. ESP. Is that like telepathy? Yeah. Uh, Believe it. Haunted houses. Oh, believe it for sure. The Illuminati. Believe it. Oh, yes. Very much (laughs) believe I cannot emphasize enough how much i believe in the secret levers of power there's a face on mars oh uh bullshit skunk ape uh believe it heaven uh i do believe it yeah hell believe it sea serpents uh bullshit poltergeists believe it chupacabra believe it atlantis uh, believe it. Life on other planets. Believe it. Parallel dimensions. Believe it. The apocalypse. Believe it. Life after death. 
Uh, believe it. Wow. Well yeah. Wow. Amazing. We, we like yeah. it. All right. Bryce, what do you think? Let me just laminate his membership card. <laughs> there you go. Lifetime Again, member. I, I have always been more superstitious than religious. Yeah. So, like, I'm like, well, You're I don't want to rule it out. Yes, I'm, I'm <laughs> covering the spread. <laughs> so, um, UFOs. You're uh, alien grays, all this stuff. Do you think the, where do you think UFOs are? What do you I, think aliens are? I don't, I mean, they're. Once the na- I, especially once the like navy pot like once the the stuff is starting to become un like declassified yeah and like the more and more news stories of navy pilot and even recordings Air of Force. navy pilots going like what was that yeah. like yeah. you know it uh yeah I mean all the area fifty one stuff uh it just just all of all of the secrecy it's like well you're hiding something so maybe I just believe that you're hiding something. Um, because the Illuminati is running everything. Yeah, sure. Uh, and the life on other planets, it's like I think it's it's presumptuous or narcissistic to believe that intelligent life only evolved on Earth. Do I believe uh, that that the life on other planets could be microscopic or like just uh, sure. something we can't quite like vibration? Something we can't quite comprehend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. What? So you said no to time travel, but what if aliens are us? from the future coming to visit i mean that's always the like i uh uh yeah i don't know maybe i'm trying to push you into a believe it category on that one. i think time travel is harder i feel again i feel like that's like you know like an interstellar where it's like oh well you don't you were only doing math in two. You had to do math in four dimensions. Right. You have to go to outside figure, yeah, of you have time to, go to be able to outside. Yeah, like I, I the the comic book Grant Morrison has a lot of interest. Yes. you know chaos. The crossover of like chaos magic, and there are like parallel universes like vibrating at different speeds than we are. Um, I've been reading two. There's a great series of BBC adaptations of H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, cool! Um, uh, uh, stories, but done as if it was like a serial true crime podcast. But they're dis- they're discovering cool. like the ancient ones and that sort of oh, thing. Wow! But then made me go back and read the H.P. Lovecraft stuff with like annotated. There's a book called the Annotated H.P. Lovecraft. And like th- that has the footnotes of like uh, during this period of his life, H.P. Lovecraft, who was scared of everything, was especially scared <laughs> of the influx of Italians. Like, oh, so no. I, I mean, he it was not a great guy. Like, I, I think. Um, uh, but the science again, mysticism rising at the time, and so he was he was scared of that. And yeah. it's uh it's very interesting to see like what the bbc adaptations like keep and what they like uh toss out right um because he was a very complicated well anytime you get into like the horror of the other and it's yeah. a work of art from at least a hundred years ago you're gonna get into gonna some get real get xenophobia some and racism stuff. it's always yeah you know it's and tricky i think science fiction like authors are uh, uh, there was a woman who won, I think, three years in a row, won the Nebula, what, like the big, when she was like, hey, maybe the trophy shouldn't be H.P. Lovecraft's head. And it was like, <laughs> just coming to terms with like, well, he is really influential, but like, I think that comes up, I haven't read, that. there's a novel, Lovecraft Country. And oh, it, yeah. It's, yeah. 
I've seen there's that. some crossover with uh, with that of just like yeah you, the cosmic horror the like there is something terrifying out there like coming to terms with that sort of stuff yeah um, I love is, all that like the old the, the ancient conflict ones, all and that the stuff. ancient what yeah is is very interesting but, yeah that's why you know people are complicated sometimes you have to leave personal beliefs of artists at the door and take work at face value sure. it's tough. We're all struggling with that these days. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. But yeah, that's why, you know, people are complicated. Sometimes you have to leave personal beliefs of artists at the door and take work at face value. Sure. It's tough. We're all struggling with that these days. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, we're back. It's time for this week's story of high strangeness. Uh, it's my turn. Yeah. And uh, actually, I could not have queued this up better, if I may say so myself, uh, based on what we've been talking about, because this story takes place at uh, and around the turn of the century um, in Key West, Florida. Great. I just saw Escape from Margaritaville last night, the musical. It was oh. last night in L.A. I, oh, was it? I wanted to go see it. Uh, it was a trip. Was the, it good? The cast was great. Yeah. The cast was really good. I've heard that it's very... Uh, a friend of mine, uh, she had a, a friend who was in the New York or Chicago version of it, and he was like, it was real fun to be in. He was like, I don't know about yes. the show, but the, it was real fun. It's to, real fun. Real there, fun there, to, the, to, the to book play in. is... There's not much of a book... Uh, with the, what they call the script in musical theater, there's not much of that, and and sometimes it's very on the nose. Getting the like, where's my lost chigger salt? Like, it's like you didn't need to set. You sing the song in ten minutes. You right. did not need to set that up that hard. Um, but then the second act was very fun. Well, uh, I wish this was about Jimmy Buffett, but instead it's about another famous figure from Key West. Uh, Jason Sheridan, are you familiar with the story of? Robert the Doll. Yes. Yes, I do know about Robert the Doll. I I haven't seen it, but uh, uh, Eva Anderson, who's been on our our podcast, I believe saw him, went there for New Year's and posted pictures of Robert the Doll. Okay, well, here we go. Key West is an island city in the Straits of Florida, the southernmost city in the continental United States. Its Spanish name uh, given to it by the Spaniards before Britain took control of Florida in 1763 was 
Cayo Hueso, which translates into Bone Island. The island, it was said, was named after such was named such after the remains of the native peoples who used the island as a communal gravesite long before the Europeans uh, claimed the land for their own. By the late 19th century, Key West was Florida's wealthiest city. Its industry included wrecking, fishing, turtling, and salt manufacturing. In the early 1900s, a prominent couple, Mr. and Mrs. Otto, settled in a Victorian home complete with a tower turret room that overlooked Duval Street. Their young son was Robert Eugene Otto, a boy whom, by all accounts, commonly dressed in a sailor's outfit, carried around a small stuffed lion, and lived a somewhat secluded, friendless childhood. They called the boy Gene. Now, there are varying legends on how Gene would make acquaintances with his lifetime companion, Robert the Doll. The most prominent and problematic legend was that Robert was created by a Bahamian servant of the uh, the wealthy Otto family who practiced Santeria. This nameless servant loved Jean, but was treated wickedly by his mother. She crafted Robert to be a life-sized replica of Jean, complete with his sailor suit and stuffed line, and uh, as a companion to the little rich boy, before she was banished back to the Bahamas by Jean's mother for practicing dark magic. Mm. In other origin stories, the doll was made by a nurse that loved Jean dearly. Again, nameless because women's names are not important to history. Um, The latest and perhaps most truthful origin of the doll is that he was a -a one-of-a-kind collector's item crafted by the Steiff Company, the Steiff Company, uh, out of Germany. He was painted with the face of a court jester stuffed with excelsior wool and given to Robert as a gift by his grandfather. It is believed that Robert was never intended to be sold as a toy, but had been made to appear in a window display as a clown. So, Steve or Stife, uh, that's the, you've seen, they're the, they sell like their stuffed animals at like Harrods. They're the, they created the teddy bear. Okay. They're like yeah. this famous German toy company. They make this like high quality stuffed animals. If you saw a picture, you'd go, oh, right, of course. They kind of, they, they all have this sort of like, you know, uh, they look like they have actual limb joints and stuff and they're like realistic looking animals. Um, so they think Robert was made by this company as a store display that was like a circus and the grandfather was like i want that for my grandson so regardless of where robert came from it's commonly accepted that gene received the doll in 1904 he named the doll robert after his first name and the two were rarely if ever seen apart for all intents and purposes robert became gene's best friend and constant companion he took him into town with him sat robert at the family dinner table on a nightly basis and of course slept with robert in his bed But this is where normal childhood play patterns ended and something sinister grew. In the months after Robert joined the family, Jean's parents would often hear their son off in some corner of the house whispering and giggling with the doll. It wasn't until they would sometimes hear a strange, deep voice answering back they started to pay closer attention to Jean's relationship with his favorite toy. Servants around the house began noticing strange things as well. They'd enter the dining room to find the freshly polished silverware strewn about. Unused guest rooms were discovered to have the bed sheets and linen stripped off the bed, sometimes ripped and torn. While making the nightly rounds, the servants would even find themselves inexplicably locked out of the house. 
Whenever Gene was scolded for these childish pranks, he would simply plead with his mom and dad, I didn't do it. It was Robert. Robert did it. Mr. and Mrs. Otto didn't believe the poor boy. Still, there was something unsettling about Robert. Ill repute and suspicion for the stuffed boy grew among the servants, who would often hear creepy giggles hovering in the air and discover Robert in different places around the house and at times swear that the doll's expression would even change before their eyes. Things took a dark turn with Jean. A concerning, reoccurring event began to emerge where Mr. and Mrs. Otto would awake in the middle of the night to the sound of their son screaming. They dash into his room to find the boy's furniture upturned and thrown about the place, clothing tossed about the room as if the wardrobe had exploded, and Jean huddled in the corner of his bed, sobbing. Each time they would discover Robert sitting in a chair, or seated next to the bed, or in the corner across the room, and each time Jean would cry, It wasn't me. It was Robert. Jean's great aunt visited, examined the doll, heard the stories, and told his parents that the doll was possessed by an evil spirit. She placed Robert in a box and banished him to the attic. That very night, the aunt died of a sudden stroke. Disturbed by these unsettling events, the family took Robert out of the attic, and he was reunited with Jean until his young adulthood, when the Ottos moved to Europe, and Robert was once again banished to the family attic. So, again, just I mean, suspicious, covering all their bases. That's yeah. a poor job of, like, banishing a doll. Like, we'll just put it above your bed. Yeah, burn it. Yeah, fucking burn that shit. Bury it. Take it out of state. She something. literally died that night of a stroke. Like they're there and everyone thought that the doll that the spirit in the doll had killed her. Because it did. Robert uh time passed. Sorry. <clears throat> time passed. Jean studied art in Europe and met and married a concert pianist named Anne. They returned to the family home in Key West as a young married couple and moved back into the house on Duval Street. Gene became a celebrated artist and was once again reunited with his childhood best friend, whom he retrieved from his prison in the attic. Robert the Doll once again became a common fixture in the Otto family. This time, however, he was a wedge in Gene and Anne's marriage. Robert took his place at the dinner table, kept Gene companion while he painted, and rested in a chair next to the bed while the couple slept. It's said that Gene would even take Robert with him on errands around Key West, much like he did when he was a little boy. So he's full on having I... really... <laughs> Anne was pissed. Hated this fucking doll. Cucked by by Robert. <laughs> Cucked by the doll. Cucked by a doll. The Robert the doll story. Eventually, Anne grew tired of the doll and made Gene place Robert, you guessed it, back in the attic. Mm-hmm. Again, not learning the lessons here. When guests would visit, they claimed they could hear strange laughter coming from upstairs and the pitter-patter of soft feet running along the ceiling. Gene eventually convinced Anne to allow him to release Robert, perhaps hoping to put an end to the strange uh, events taking place around the house, and reluctantly agreed. Gene made a home for Robert in the turret room, fashioning the doll small, boy-sized furniture. Uh, and Robert was confined to this room, but rarely found himself alone. Gene spent much of his time in there with his doll, using the room as his new studio to paint in. 
Robert, always by his side. We'll put him away, but we're going to make furniture for him. Yeah, we're going to... Instead, he's upset. Let's make his own room for him. Neighborhood children walking to school would often claim to see Robert glaring at them down from the turret windows. Mm. Sometimes he'd appear in different windows. Sometimes he wouldn't be there at all. Sometimes the children would claim to see Robert literally move between windows on his own accord. Sadly, eventually, Gene grew mentally ill and violent towards Anne. Gene would slip into wild mood swings, attacking Anne, beating her, and later claiming his personality shift on Robert's influence. Anne, for her part, believed that Gene believed in the power of the doll, whether it was true or not. Eugene Robert Otto died, Robert Eugene Otto, died in 1974 after committing suicide. His body was found in the turret room with Robert the doll by his side. Myrtle Reuter bought the house in 1994 and discovered Robert the doll in the attic. Robert's antics continued where he left off, spooking guests with giggles and the sounds of footsteps. Myrtle claimed that Robert would often move around the house on his own, uh, at his own will. And eventually she donated Robert to the Fort East Mortello Museum, where he now resides prominently on display in a glass case. He is, it appar- weird, is it weird that I'm a little hesitant to, like, Google Robert the Doll images? You should be. <laughs> like, I don't even want to look. He at apparently him. does not like his picture being taken and will curse visitors that capture a photo without his permission. Many visitors will write to Robert after learning their lesson. And this is from uh, the Atlas Obscura. Uh, I found this article. And this is, yeah, he's he's pretty creepy. Sorry to show that he's, to you. There. No, I've seen it. Yeah, Robert, <laughs> I, I might have failed to mention, is dressed in the sailor outfit and lion that, that Gene would often be seen in. Um, mm. So this is from an article about the museum. Uh, this is a quote. He gets probably one to three letters every day, says Corey uh, Convertito, curator of the museum and Robert's caretaker. But they aren't all typical fan letters. They're often apologies. Many visitors attribute post-visit misfortunes to failing to respect Robert or even openly disrespecting him. And they write begging forgiveness. Others ask him for advice or to hex those who have wronged them. Convertito says that they have received around 1,000 letters, and they, keep a, uh, and they keep a catalog. Robert also receives emails and homages. At some point, it became known that Robert had a sweet tooth, so people leave and send him candy. Just recently, he received a box containing eight bags of peppermints, a card, and no return address. Exercising caution, the museum staff does not consume the treats sent to Robert. Guests leave him sweets, money, and occasionally joints. It's completely inappropriate, says Convertino. <laughs> We're still a museum. It's mm. very Santeria, though. I That's know. like, well, uh, yeah. you know, leaving rum at the uh, at the altar. And I remember when I first discovered this story, it was like on some travel channel show, and I tried Googling this video, and there was a caretaker, a security person that was there, and like her first night, she said she was cleaning up and felt a tug on the back of her jeans and turned around and saw Robert running back down the hallway and she quit. She like literally walked out and was like, I'm not coming back. This is the inspiration for Annabelle, right? In the Conjuring universe? Annabelle is based on another haunted doll named Annabelle. It's a Raggedy Ann doll. Oh, Um, no. But the, but I think this was an influence on Chucky and all you yeah. know like a lot of haunted doll stories come come from this. Um, 
The local folklore says that Robert's blonde hair and soul are slowly fading away with time. Oh, no. His caretaker at the museum gives him routine checkups to make sure Robert is surviving the humid Florida climate on the regular. And if Robert is slowly dying, his legend will certainly live on. Some strange tales only get stronger with age, bested only perhaps by the bond between a boy and his beloved plaything. And that is the story of Robert the Haunted Doll. Mm. I respect Robert for one. <laughs> Me too, man. That I, makes two of us. I welcome Robert. I welcome Robert, our new ruler. <laughs> it's a. We'll put a photo on the Instagram. It is the freakiest looking. It vaguely looks human, first of all. Yeah, and it has like weird pock marks on the face. Handsome, delightful pock marks. Yes, right. Of course. Um, but yeah, it's a freaky, freaky, freaky story. It's one of the scariest things. And now to it see only a, goes. It only goes sideways when you take a picture without his permission. Or yeah, it's just look. There are so many websites out there that cover this. I think we're right. okay. And I, I, yeah, asked, I was going to say, where does where does doing a podcast about? It I fall? asked. Uh, I, I asked Robert when I was researching if it was okay if we did an episode okay, about him. So let's okay. ask now, Robert. Is it okay? No. Uh oh. Mm. Um. Yeah. So this is a freaky. Freaky doll, and I, you know, I kind of want to go see it for sure. If I was in Key West, I would. Check I think it it's out. one of the thing you you get a slice of key lime pie. <laughs> uh, you see that big buoy that's like the southernmost tip of the U.S. Yeah, Robert, you go to Hemingway's house. You go to Hemingway's house. You go see this. I don't know haunted dolls. What do we think, boys? I don't. I had um a my buddy doll growing up, and that is not dissimilar. I mean, clearly that's what Chucky was based. Yeah, on. that was what Chucky was based on. So my guy was cool. Good guys. Good guy. Yeah. You know, haunted objects usually comes from, uh, it comes from the person, right? It comes from the energy or the emotional static from a person. So it begs the question: you know, what comes first, this this child or these parents, sort of emotional trauma or that was placed into the doll or, or something or the, I don't know, or this doll really had a, a, a maleficent sentience or something. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's weird and wild. I don't know. It's scary. The fact that there have been eyewitnesses of this thing, you know, unless they're just both face lying, I, which I don't know why you would lie about seeing a doll run away from you. That seems yeah, that like would a fuck me up. And really good. they they also say that Anne, the legend is that she was slowly driven insane by this relationship that that Eugene and uh, Jean and Robert had, and that she apparently haunts the turret room of the house today. It's a it's an it's like a bed and breakfast now where people can go, or an Airbnb where people can. So stay. it's a cycle of abuse. It's yeah, a haunting it, cycle of abuse yep yep and and they also say that robert's spirit will haunt the like his disembodied spirit will haunt the house still today but it's just really sad because clearly gene the artist had some sort of really bad mental illness that was gone had gone unchecked or he had been uh possessed and influenced by by an evil spirit Mm. we'll never know yeah but I guess Robert's slowly, slowly dying anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, that's sad. That is sad. I feel it kind of come out feeling worse for the doll at the end of the day. Um, Jason Sheridan, thank you so much for being here. Thank uh, you for any having final me. thoughts. Anything you want to? Any? I don't know. Um, uh, don't, uh, don't mess with, uh, forces beyond your, uh, control that's and respect a, Robert the doll. That's a great. I can vibe with that. For sure. Advice. Where can people find you? Uh, 
Oh, you can find uh, me. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Sheridan. You can find the uh, podcast, The Ride, at Podcast The Ride on Twitter and Instagram and wherever you get your podcast. And we have a pa- patreon.com slash podcast The Ride uh, for the more like the for the real heads yeah. for the like off the beaten path. I'm a member. Uh, thank you. Um yeah, that that the the smaller smaller attractions are like hit more historical oddities, and and I think some of our favorites uh, have been there. I mean, the McGruff series alone is. I yeah, there's more McGruff. Coming. I know that there's I cannot more wait. Coming, yeah, I cannot wait. Um, great, Bryce. Anything? Nope. Um, like podcast to ride the second gate. We have a sister show over on Patreon, Bigfoot Collectors Club, The Other Side. Please come support us there and unlock multiple bonus episodes every month. Once again, I'd like to thank uh, Jason Sheridan for being our guest. Until next week, I remain Michael McMillan. For Bryce Johnson and Riley Bray, good night. And go get regressed. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.